Welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about being a tech-positive parent. That is a phrase you don't hear enough. That's true. And I'm glad we're talking about this because we talk so much about teaching our kids to be good digital citizens, to be safe, to make good choices. But we thought, you know what? Let's speak to the parenting side of things and think more about what we can do. And as always, we will close out our show with our Cool Picks of the Week. And we'll be right back with more after this. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Zulily. As we approach the holiday season, shopping can be stressful. We even discussed that last week. But online retailer Zulily is making it so much less stressful and even more affordable. Just shop at Zulily.com or through the free Zulily app, and you'll find thousands of products, more than 100 new ones each day, all for up to 70% off. They offer the big brands you know, like KitchenAid or Coach, right along with those smaller brands and boutique labels that we love. And what's extra cool is that this year, Zulily has launched the Best Price Promise program to help you save time and money during the busy holiday shopping season. You'll not only see real-time price comparisons for identical or similar items on Amazon or Walmart.com, but Zulily will guarantee to match the price or beat it. Visit Zulily.com for incredible deals on toys, beauty, fashion, home decor, holiday goodies, gifts, and so much more, or download the free app. Zulily, Z-U-L-I-L-Y dot com. So Kristen, when we started Cool Mom Tech almost 10 years ago, there was not a lot of language around digital parenting. I don't even think digital parenting was a phrase, was it? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, we could data nerd this, but I do believe that it is a newer term for sure. iPhones were brand new. Yes. The app store was really limited. We were writing like, here's a cool company called Toka Boca. And everyone's like, who? They seem so cool. And now they're like this huge app developer. Like it really was early on. And when we started Cool Mom Tech, it was because we realized, like, we were starting to get so many pitches for parents about tech that we were like, oh my gosh, we could do an entire site about this. So we did. I feel like as we've all started to navigate it, you know, we are not digital natives, or as the kids call us, boomers. <laughs> even if we're not. <laughs> I know. Even if we're not boomers, they still I'm call us that. I'm solid Gen X. But yeah, I yes. mean, listen, to those of our listeners who are younger, younger than us moms, <laughs> if Indeed. you're in your 20s or early 30s, you may be more of a digital native than like I am. So those of you listeners who are younger or younger than us parents, <laughs> if you're in your 20s or early 30s, then, you know, you may be more of a digital native than we were. But when I was growing up, I was one of the first kids to have a computer in our house because my mom was a teacher and got to bring one home over the summer. It was like an Apple IIc or something like that. It was really early. But we didn't grow up with phones. We didn't grow up with smartphones, for sure. We didn't grow up with the internet. I mean, that really came a lot later. And so I think the hard thing about digital parenting is it's not like having the sex talk or the drug talk or the safe driving talk where we all went through it ourselves as kids. That's a great point. Right. 
Right, right. We can't talk about how our parents did it with us or what rules they made or how we want to be different or better than what our parents well, did for us. Like, we're kind of making it up as we go along. We are, but we could because we could be like, it's terrible and bad. Put the TV away. It's, it's <laughs> making your mind crazy. Exactly. Like, that. our parents were terrified we'd watch too much TV, which we did. And guess what? It didn't kill us. That's true. But I think what's really great is there's so much information out there these days. And, you know, if we can put ourselves on the box, sites like ours <laughs> and our OutTech, your kids community on Facebook, where there's so much information now so that parents shouldn't be scared. I think it's as important that we know as much as our kids do, or at least close, so that we can try to keep up with them and have those talks. But I think what's more than that, and that's what we're trying to get to today, is that we need to be tech positive. And I think a lot of people look at technology the way they look at teenagers, like, oh, no, it's coming. It's the worst. It's so horrible. Just you wait until you get to that stage. And I think if we can look at things more positively ourselves and maybe even use tech more positively ourselves, it's going to create a more positive environment all around for our children. I agree. And I want to say that it's something that I don't know about you, Liz, but I grew into what I believe now. I don't know if I was always tech positive when my kids started using technology and smartphones and iPads and tablets, but I certainly grew into this viewpoint. And I, I want to put that out there to the listeners too, that your views might change. And that's awesome. You know, you might start out really scared or really worried. I think we all have had that level of thought about this topic. But for me, a lot of the way I'm seeing it now has to do with, um, when, you know, our former guest, Jordan Shapiro. He wrote the book, oh, The New Childhood. I think about him every week since we've done that episode. We'll link it up on our podcast yeah. page if you haven't and, heard it yet. It is so life-changing and mind-shifting. It's really good. And so since talking with him and reading the book, I have changed my viewpoint on it. And some of the things that he's talked about were, you know, even when I read them was like, what? Start kids earlier on social media? <laughs> no. But as I listened to him and I read more about it, it made a lot of sense. So I just want to put that out there that this is fluid. You might have opinions about it now. You might have little kids and you might be saying, no, never, not happening. And maybe as you have kids who start to use gadgets, you might change your mind. So this is a fluid conversation, but one that I know we both feel very strongly about because you don't need another thing to freak out about, right? We already have enough. <laughs> True. And I'm glad you brought up the idea of it being fluid. And I think there's a lot of examples of that in parenting through the decades, literally, like girls owning their sexuality or makeup, for example. Like there was a period where if you wore makeup, you were like a fast girl, right? Like back in the 50s. <laughs> and then that started to evolve. And then eventually it started to become like a, a tool of liberation as opposed to a tool of the patriarchy. And now it's become about like kind of creativity. And we've got kids who are like seven years old with pink hair and we're realizing it's not that big a deal. So I think there are a lot of things in parenting that evolve through the years and decades and our attitudes change. And we realize like maybe they're not so bad. We just need to look at them a different way. And I think that's how technology could be considered if we really think about how we talk about technology around the house, how we use it, and how we can think of it as a positive thing as opposed to something to be terrified about. I totally agree. And I think if more parents looked at technology through this lens, we would see a huge shift in what's going on online right now. And I'm talking about cyberbullying. I'm talking about trolling. I'm talking about all of those negative things that we're seeing. I really feel like we could see a huge shift very quickly. 
if people changed their view. So what we're saying here is you, listener, yes, you, the one pointing to yourself right now, you, you, we're talking to you. You are going to make a huge difference in the entire zeitgeist going forward because of how you're going to raise your kids after this episode is done. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. No pressure on us. (laughs) So let's talk about what it means to be a tech-positive parent. I think, first of all, it's acknowledging that technology is part of life now. Say that with me. Technology is part of life now. And so to ignore it, to hope it goes away, to keep putting it off is not going to work very well because it's a factor in life. Like kids are getting their homework assignments through Google Classroom. I'm being asked to use apps to correspond with my kids' teachers. Like technology is part of life. It doesn't mean that your kid has to be on social media all the time and never go outside and play games in the backyard. (laughs) Like it just means that technology is part of life. The same way telephones are part of life or televisions are part of life or clothing is part of life. I bet way back when during caveman days, somebody was very upset about clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and our kids are digital natives. And I understand that we do have some parents listening who are digital natives as well, which now I suddenly feel really old. But this is not (laughs) new to our kids. This is new to us. It's not new to them. And my vision of this is that instead of running away from it, instead of being afraid of it and worried about it and scared of it, we want to embrace it. We're like, it's here. We're ready for it. This is the challenge. Let's go. Awesome. I'm so with you, obviously. (laughs) I think the other thing about being a tech-positive parent is choosing to mentor versus monitoring or managing. And obviously that depends on the age because younger kids need more management and monitoring than older kids. But I think overall, we need to learn stuff and think about it positively so we can instruct our kids and guide them and empower them in the most positive, productive way. And I always think about the way Jordan talked to us about how when video games, for example, first came out, that parents were so proud that their kids could play those like basic Atari consoles consoles, that they were entering them in video game competitions. Like their kid was like the STEM genius before we had the term STEM, right? Because they were able to play these computer games. And when he talked about how that evolved, you realize like, wow, that's so interesting that at one point people saw it as a positive thing, like a skill that you could learn that was impressive. So I like the idea of learning this stuff so that we can help mentor our kids through it the same way we do when we talk about alcohol or drugs or bullying or friendships or school success, um, responsibility, chores, like all these things. Don't we guide our kids? We don't just like sit back and tell them here are the rules. Like we work with them until they're able to kind of go off on their own and make good choices. Absolutely. And the one thing that's really important to me is that we are as informed, maybe even more informed. That's why we have the OutTech Your Kids Facebook group because we are OutTeching our kids. We're more <laughs> informed about what our kids are doing, what the latest news is. And this is important as it applies to parenting because we know that there are a lot of things happening in technology. Do you need to know that this new computer has like a kick-ass RAM and it's got this speed of this and this speed of that? Maybe. Maybe that's important to you. But what's important to us is how technology, whatever that might be, social media, apps, anything, as it relates to you as a parent and your kids. So let's start there with some of the tips that we can foster tech positivity among parents in your own home. Because I think staying on top of things is one of the scariest things. And I really think that, you know, think about when we were pregnant, Kristen. Do I really have to? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't we read everything? 
Not eat everything, but didn't we read everything? I was so interested in like researching baby names and what kind of cribs were out there and what were the best sheets. And it was really interesting to learn this whole new world. And we immersed ourselves in it. I think a lot of parents did. And I think we're scared to do that with technology, again, especially if it's not native to us. So I think it's really important to stay in touch with it and not be afraid to learn this new language or this new skill or this new idea the same way we did with like learning how to parent. Like if you see information about suicide or mental health or drug and alcohol use, parents are really inclined to read those things because they want to keep their kids safe, right? But I think when parents see technology news, a lot of them turn away because it seems like not my wheelhouse, not something I know, or I'm too busy, I don't have the time. So I think it's really good to stay up on top of what's happening in social media, what's happening with privacy and data, what's happening with media in general and how kids can make good choices, how kids are using the internet powerfully and positively, not just all the negative stuff, but like what's good about it, what are the exciting things that are happening. Get like wired or something in your Apple News alerts if you use an iPhone or read the technology section of the Times once a week. Start to dive into some of this stuff. The other thing is, I think, to look at the news critically. What I see a lot in our OutTech Your Kids group is sometimes parents come to us with like, oh my God, I just saw this article. This is the worst thing ever. It's the end of the world. You know, News in general is always going to get more clicks when it's negative or fear-based than when it's positive. And so I think it's really important to also look at things critically because if you're seeing something really negative about tech all the time, it's possible that it's being sold to you by somebody who has something to gain from that. Like you read an article that you think is like a really good op-ed about how social media is killing our kids. And then you find out it's from like some company that like sells you a social media monitoring app. So I think it's good to also look at things critically and find the positive along with the negative, and it'll help you have a more tech-positive outlook. My go-to resources, no surprise here, Cool Mom Tech and also OutTech Your Kids. I also love NPR's tech section. They do a really great job. And one other thing that I love to tell people is find the techie friend in your group. There is always a mom or a dad or somebody in your group who is up on those kinds of things. Befriend them because they (laughs) will probably be more than happy to tell you about what's going on. They might love to send you articles. They can kind of act like your Twitter or your pocket, (laughs) if you will. Find someone who's really up on those things in your group so that, you know, if you're not the one who's necessarily reading all the articles, you might not be able to keep up. You've got someone who's really excited to tell you about those things. That's such good advice. And I think that's a good segue to the next point, which is that you can have conversations with your kids as well. Yes, parents, we can talk to our kids. (laughs) So like if I see my daughter texting some acronym, I'm like, what is that? I'll ask her and she'll tell me. I don't necessarily have to like run to a Facebook group and go, hey, you guys, do you know what this means? Like ask your kids. Sometimes the fastest route to getting the information you need is to just ask your kids. Like, what is that app you're using? What do you like about it? Who's using it? Like, what do you use it for? Will you show me? Will you take me through it? Or asking them like, hey, what do you know about 
this thing I just read about? What do you know about Slender Man? Or what do you know about um, this STEM contest I just read about where kids are coding things and making money off their inventions? Like, there's so many positive things, too. And you might be surprised that your kids are like, oh, yeah, I totally know about that. And it's stuff that was new to us. So we sometimes have good conversations at home with the kids, just them informing me about stuff they know about. Yeah, and kids, especially tweens and teens, love to impart their own wisdom upon you, yes, right? because they know everything. They do know everything. <laughs> but they, you know what? That's, I mean, today even, this doesn't have to necessarily do with tech, but I was trying to figure out what the best heated eyelash curler would be, right? And so who did I think? I was like, I can Google. You know what? I'm going to ask my teenager because it's not that necessarily she might know more than I could ask Mr. Google or whatever, but it's that these are good conversation points to have. Kids love imparting wisdom on us. And every book you read about connecting with your teenager will tell you, ask them, let them teach you. Now, that doesn't necessarily apply to all things technology. Like, hey, can you show me how you figured out a way to get around screen time? <laughs> Maybe you do want hey, them to show you that. let's talk about Finstas. Yes. <laughs> but, but, I, but I do think that you're right. First of all, it's a bonding point. But second of all, it's showing your kids that you're interested in what they're interested in. You don't have to approach it in an antagonistic way. It's not like, you know, I'd really like to know what kinds of things you're texting your friends at night. I mean, yes, you can do it that way. But I think it's better to kind of have an open conversation as a learner, like you're saying, and like let your kids be the experts and let them tell you stuff. You might be surprised like how much they tell you and also how excited they are that you care about the things they care about. And I mean, I'm talking about the most basic stuff. Like I ask my daughter, like she'll come in at night sometimes before bed and she'll go, Mom? want to watch some dink memes. <laughs> like, okay, whatever that means, child. Or sometimes she'll come in and go, mom, want to watch some fresh memes. And I'm like, what's the difference between dank memes and fresh memes? She's like, no, nothing. I just change up the words. <laughs> and we'll like lie in bed together and we'll look at the memes that she and her friends are passing around on Instagram. And she likes having that time together with me. And it also is a way, you know, for me to respond positively and like tell her what I think is funny or what I think is ridiculous, but not to be like, I can't believe you're wasting your time on this. Well, that's like, a how, good like, point. How many things did we waste our time on when we were kids? Like I read Archie comic books nonstop as a kid. I don't know what I gained Well, from we have to come at it with not a lot of judgment. If we're going to go into these conversations and we're going to judge our kids and be like, this is ridiculous, this is stupid, forget it. You have closed off that conversation moment with your child then and also maybe even in the future. So as silly as you think it might be, right, we need to keep an open mind. And again, these are rules that apply to all of the difficult conversations that you're having or any conversation that you're having with your teen or tween. I've been reading lots of teen parenting books these days, and they say the same thing over and over again. Now, one thing, Liz, I know you're really good at this. I love doing this too. It's engaging with your kids in digital media. And that's yes. not just sitting around watching movies and TV, which is great, but that's also playing video games. We had so much fun previewing Apple Arcade this past weekend, and I'm already playing a couple of the games, Skate City, Pac-Man, 
with my kids. I'm having such a great time. We set aside this weekend to do that. I was like, we are having Apple Arcade Hour tomorrow, and we are setting aside time to do it. And I was like, you guys, it's work. I have to do this for work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, my job sucks. I get to play Apple Arcade with my kids for an hour. But they're so excited that I want to do something that they want to do too. And like, look, how many things do we do for our kids anyway that are not necessarily the things that would be our first choices, right? Like, Kristen, do you want to go to like a cult hockey rink every single morning at like 6 a.m. in the winter? Mm, <laughs> no, not. not really. I but have like, to say, as much as but, I love screaming, you know, <laughs> it's great. I call it, yeah, it's like my one hour of catharsis. But no, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I mean, look, I've sat through four consecutive performances of Freaky Friday the Musical. You know, it's like not everything that you would always choose to do, but you do it because you're supporting your kids. Right. And I think we should look at technology the same way if you're going to create a tech-positive household. It's like finding the things that you can enjoy together really means a lot to kids. I think especially in that kind of shaky, like, tween, late kid stage where you're really trying to forge connections, it's such a good, easy way to do it. So, in other words, instead of telling your kids, like, you're on tech too much, you're on tech too much, you're on screens too much, like, maybe they are. It doesn't mean you shouldn't set limits. And you know your kids best, you know, if they have addiction problems, if they're not doing anything else, if they're completely consumed, you know, you have to deal with that as a parent, obviously. But I think you can also try to take the time that they are using and make it more positive and constructive for both of you and see the good side of it. Absolutely. One post that I did recently that has been really popular is the one where I talked about how I taught my daughter how to use TikTok and how we slowly rolled her into her first social media network. And I think this is so important. Now, again, maybe your kids aren't old enough to be on social media for, you know, whatever that means. If it's on their phone or on your phone, that doesn't mean that you can't teach them what it is, how to engage in it, how to leave a comment. Like when you're sitting down, you're checking your Instagram or your Facebook, show them what you're looking at being like, you know, point out, well, wow, this is a really great photo. Or "Mm, you know what, this photo, I can't really tell what's going on. I'm not sure if I would have posted that in my feed. And so one thing I did when my daughter asked if she could be on TikTok was I said, you know what? Let's look at more into this. I'm going to put it on my phone. I'm going to check it out first. And then if you want to try it, you can use it 30 minutes every day on my phone, which, hey, that gave me a little break from being on my phone, actually. And when she showed me that she was responsible, she showed me all the really cool videos she was doing. I mean, oh my gosh, some of the stuff that's on there is amazing. She was able to earn it onto her own phone. So to me, this is a big deal. I am a huge proponent of parents teaching their kids kids how to properly use social media. And, you know, it's not just social media either. Like, I signed my daughter up for one of those free Apple camps they do for a week over the oh, summer yes. at Apple stores. It was, I swear, this podcast is not sponsored by Apple. I just really <laughs> like them. And um, my daughter went to, uh, like, a movie-making class. And she was one of the older kids. And she was a little like, I don't know. But she put so much energy into, like, scripting out this film and shooting it. Some of these kids did, like, really goofy little things, which that, that's fine too. Yeah, sure. But she like, she like shot a short film. It was wow. so good. And even though she was kind of like, I don't know, I don't know if I really like that. You know what? Now, two years later, she's using it a lot. She's like finding that she's really inspired writing and filming movies. She's scripting them. She's casting kids in her class. She has them come over on the weekend and she's filming stuff. And That's I thought, so cool. who knows if this ends up becoming like a career path for her. Like she said for the first time, she's a freshman in high school.
school. And she's like, you know, we can't. She's at a performing arts school. And she said, I know I can't like double major because I'm in drama, but I really want to try to find a way to take some kind of film elective because I'm really enjoying making movies. And I thought, that's so cool. Like, who among us would be sad if our kids grew up to be like Ava DuVernay? Right? <laughs> There's like so many cool opportunities and it's not just social media. The other thing that we do beyond just like all the things they can make, and we think a lot about STEM and coding and computers and robotics and all that stuff is great, obviously. But another thing is just simply like positive community and good that can be put out into the world. You know, my daughter was showing me a text thread the other day. There was a girl who had a, a rough time in her class and a family emergency. And she showed me all the comments the other kids were leaving on the thread. First of all, I was very honored that she would share this with me. Every kid was so kind and so nice and, like, said, what can I do to help? How can I be there for you? We love you. Like, they were so lovely, boys and girls. And my daughter really wanted to make sure she was saying the right thing. She didn't want to say the wrong thing. And I thought, oh, my gosh, she just learned a huge lesson in empathy. Like, that's something we struggle with as adults. Like, if something awful happens to someone in your life, what do you do? Do you reach out? Do you not? Are you burdening them? Like, so she got that lesson through social media. And also saw how powerful all of their support and their kind comments were. Like, nobody had anything negative to say. And it was just like a really good reminder for her that, like, you can be kind on social media. That's what Jordan talked about as well. Remember when he said, maybe we shouldn't be giving social media to our kids when they're 13? And everyone goes, yeah! Like, wait until they're 17. He's like, no, why not do it when they're 7 or 8 when all they want to do is be kind to each other? Yeah. And I've always thought about that. I remember so that So I, I think too. it's really cool to look at like, you know, comments on Instagram. Like, it can be easier to be snarky, but it's great to be nice. And sometimes we even just like scroll through feeds together. We look at memes and we talk about like good and bad digital behavior. And we talk about, oh, wow, look how nice it is. Like all these people congratulating this celebrity on the birth of her kid. You know, like sometimes it sounds like goofy things, but there's kind of lessons in everything. And it just reminds people that they can put good into the universe. Absolutely. But also that it's not even just content creation, right? Like, I mean, kids are seeing YouTubers and they're like, oh, we could be a YouTuber or they're seeing Instagrammers, your favorite term. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't. I, this is like a personal aside, but people who are Instagrammers, it weirds me out. Like it's the name of a platform. It's like saying, are you a Facebooker? And I, I know that people are YouTubers and Instagrammers. I guess that's a right. job now, but right, right. It's, it still sounds weird to my ears. <laughs> it's funny. It is. It's funny. But the thing is like, yes, it's great. If your kids want to be content creators, you can show them. There are some kids doing amazing things on platforms like Twitch. They're gamers. They're, they're doing awesome things, but not even just being kind but also that you tech can be positive in other ways. It can be a way for you to get interesting information. It can be a way for you to stay connected with people who are far away or meet new people who are far away and learn about their culture. It can broaden your horizon when you're stuck in a place where maybe it's not very diverse. Maybe there aren't people from different cultures. So even beyond just like the positive idea of kindness and the positive idea of making things, there are other things that technology allows us to do. And what's interesting is because kids are digital natives, they may not really even think about it. It's second nature to them yes. that they're interacting with someone from far away on TikTok. So many people write to us and say, what are some educational apps for kids that are also fun? And I always say, but they're all fun. <laughs> like, don't you understand? They're all fun. Like, kids enjoy being on technology and using it to learn. So I think it's kind of 
us. We see them as separate things, like that learning is either not fun or fun, and kids see it all as exciting. A parent just told me the other day that his kid really liked the idea of learning Swedish and went on Duolingo and spent two weeks learning basic Swedish, like out of nowhere. And I thought that's so cool. And like for the parent not to be like, you're on screens too much, but instead to say, wow, how great that you want to learn a language. Like maybe that will end up culminating in offline learning. Maybe the kid will do a foreign exchange trip to Sweden. Like, I don't know. You don't know where things will go. And I think that's another way to be tech positive as a parent is to look at everything as an opportunity to just jump off and forge a new path. Like you never know where anything might lead you, like what passion your kid will discover or, you know, what direction they may go in life, whether professionally or just as hobbies or just for fun. Like tech can really spur a lot of those things. Absolutely. And that's part of parenting. I mean, that's what we want our kids to do. And it happens to be with technology. If that's the case, then awesome. I'm all for it. I'm all And another one (laughs) I will bring up is e-readers, because I think e-readers really are a kind of polarizing subject for parents, like Kindles or a Kindle app or something similar for kids, that I think sometimes we look at if they're reading online, it's not, quote, real reading. And if you ask pretty much any educator or teacher or literacy expert or librarian, they're like, it's all reading. It's all reading. Like, whatever gets your kid reading is great. So if the idea of using technology to kind of gamify reading a little bit because kids get rewards or they can track their progress, like, that's how my youngest daughter ended up becoming someone who really loves reading. She didn't love reading as a little kid. And then she got a Kindle and she had so much fun with it. Now she loves reading paper books. And I will not say that like, you know, classic printed books are better or worse than electronic books, but it was a stepping stone for her. So I think we need to like kind of ease up on this idea of analog always being better than the technological version or the digital version. You know, sometimes whatever gets your kids excited about something, that's good. (laughs) That's the bottom line, right? If our kids are excited about something and they're loving it, like how can we then use that? Maybe it's just for enjoyment. Maybe there's a teaching moment there. Maybe there's a point of connection that we can have. But I mean, we're excited about technology. We love what it's done for our own lives. So it seems only natural that we have the same attitude when it comes to technology with our kids. So Liz, I know we've talked about a lot of links. Of course, we have Cool Mom Tech, Out Tech Your Kids Facebook group, but we're going to put all the stuff that we've talked about over on our podcast page on Cool Mom Picks. And we always love when people weigh in. I think a lot of people will have lots of things to say about this topic, right? You'll have your own advice. Like, we love hearing from you. We really do. Like, that. I think that's what's so cool about the Spawn podcast community on Facebook and the OutTech Your Kids community is people are really not afraid to share in a really positive way and to support one another with, like, what's worked for them or what they've found or, like, here's something that I've done that worked for my kid. Parents are often our own best resources. We are the peer experts these days. And so that's the other thing is like talk to parents in your community. Like Kristen said in the beginning, talk to your kids, talk to the teachers, talk to the parents while you're like hanging out, picking up your kid after soccer practice. I think if we all talk about this more and not always in a negative way or in a, oh my God, I'm terrified way, but like in a positive way, we can really help spread that because once again, tech is not going away. No, nope, it's not going <laughs> so anywhere. So we might as well embrace it and help our kids make the most out of it. Yes. 
So if you have ideas, thoughts, questions, answers about this topic, or really anything that we talk about on Spawned, you can drop us an email at spawned at coolmompicks.com. You can hit us up. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at coolmompicks. All right. Well, now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. Liz. Oh, you want me to go first? You want to go? Yeah, why not? Right. I'll go. Go Okay, for it. so now that we're coming up on the holidays, I have like 800 million books I want to recommend as gift books for basically everyone on your list. It's really hard to pare through them. But the one that keeps springing to mind, do you know Atlas Obscura? I own that book. It oh is my amazing. Gosh. Well, two weeks ago, they just came Ooh. out with the second edition, Atlas Obscura, An Explorer's Guide to the World's Hidden Wonders. I cannot put it down. It is so awesome. And by the way, it is a hardcover book, but it is available on Kindle. So if you want to read it on Kindle, (laughs) it's totally fine. And it's literally just like an assortment of crazy cool things all around the world. So for example, Kristen, if you're in Germany, you might want to go to the castle of Wellsburg. <laughs> and it'll explain like why that's so cool. Or it talks about something really cool to visit in Turkmenistan or some like fascinating thing in South Korea or the plants, the pitcher plants of Kinabalu that you should visit if you're in Malaysian Borneo. Like, I am so obsessed with data, as you all know, and like little details and trivia. And it just takes you around all the obscure, fascinating, cool things in the world that will make you wish you could just quit your job and see everything there is on this incredible planet. I love this book. It's a really great gift book. I We bought it. I forget where we were when we got the first edition. We were driving in the car. Thankfully, one of us does not get car sick. So one person <laughs> was reading all these facts. It was kind of like our own little audiobook podcast, actually. So I highly recommend. I second your it's pick. It's so good. I always wanted to be that person who was like so rich that we could do that thing that you see in the movies where they're like, let's open this book and wherever we point to, we're going to go there. <laughs> like that's my dream one day. We're just going to go to Iceland right now. Like I, I have not yet done that. You got to Iceland though. <laughs> yes, I did. I did go so to that, Iceland. <laughs> that's my dream is to just open this up and be like, we are going to the Great Stone Sound Mirrors in Great Stone, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. It could happen. You never know. So what's your cool pick of the week? Okay. So we just got back from an amazing couple days at the Riveter Summit. Yes. It was very so inspiring. We heard women like Abby Wambach. We heard Stacey Abrams. We heard Mindy Grossman. Like all of these really wonderful, diverse voices. And one of the things that I have been thinking about for a while, and it started from listening to these women and then hearing Brene Brown talk about the power of women telling their stories, just telling your story. And so a little while back, I started a little podcast called Real Women, Real Stories. Not too many people know about it. And what I describe it as, it's 15 minutes of gratitude and inspiration. And I don't know, Liz, after hearing all these women this past week and thinking about Brene Brown and thinking of our own stories, I just wanted to share it with our listeners that if you need to find gratitude in your life, if you need inspiration, it's just short little stories of regular women who have done amazing things in their life. And I have to tell you, every week when I record this, I end up crying, number one, not kidding, and number two, I end up feeling so thankful for my life. Last week, I spoke to a woman named Jessa, who is a, she calls herself a thriver of human trafficking. Oh, my God. 
in this country as a child, both labor and sex. And by the way, it was during the Olympics in Vancouver, which I'm sure you know that that is one of the highest times of human trafficking is during the Olympics. So anyway, I spoke with her and I just, I can't tell you how much it affected me. And not all the stories are that difficult to tell, but I will say this in hearing women share openly, I don't know, it's just life-changing. So if you need a little gratitude and inspiration, Real Women, Real Stories, just add it on. You can subscribe along with Spawned and find it on your Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen. I love that. I just love the idea of amplifying more women's voices yes. and more women's stories. That's always a good thing. And you're right. The Riveter Summit, shout out to them. That was an amazing day and a half of just being around incredible women and being so inspired. Also, Stacey Abrams, let me say, she's going to be president. She is. I One loved day. her. What a force. <laughs> My gosh. I'm like still tingling from that. That was amazing. Well, well that's, that's it. it. Thank you so so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned and huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. There are a few things that you can do to help us spread the word and support our podcast. You can subscribe right now while you're listening, download or save our episodes. You can leave us a five-star review. And you know what? Honestly, the best thing you can do is just tell a friend or family member or your hairstylist, anybody that you meet on the street <laughs> about Spawned. <laughs> It's true. The same way you can talk to them about tech, you can recommend tech to them oh. and be like, I have got a podcast for you. Nice Maybe this will even be their first episode and you'll like bring us a new fan for life and then we'll love you forever. <laughs> <laughs> Like we said, we really do love hearing from you. We do. We are real people. We write back. We talk. We engage. So head on over to our Facebook page and join the Spawned Parenting Podcast community. And also while you're there, join the Outtech Your Kids community too, where we're going to be talking about this, I am sure. It's a really good place to engage with parents just like you who are trying to figure their way through it. And both of them are such positive, supportive communities, and we need more of that on the internet for sure. Yes. Well, thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.